Hello mamas, Laura here and today we are chatting all about newborn baby sleep including sleep signs and good sleep rhythms. Enjoy! Hey mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes, it's time for you to guide you through, let's take some time for you, it's pregnancy with Hello, mamas, and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today, we're kicking off with our second episode in the Newborn Life series, discussing all about the big, wide world of baby sleep. This episode is episode two of five in this Newborn Life series with the wonderful Jen Butler, our early parenting expert. If you haven't listened to episode one yet, make sure you go back and have a listen to that, as that will help you understand everything we chat about today better. In today's episode, Jen and I chat about why she believes rhythms are more suitable to newborns than strict routines, noticing your baby's tired signs, paying attention to awake windows, establishing good morning and night routines, and why it's best to avoid an overtired baby. I also can't help myself but pipe in and share my best tips that I use to help manage the dreaded witching hour just a little bit better. There is so much amazing goodness coming up in this newborn life series. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. In this newborn life series, you'll discover some great tips on newborn sleep, a better understanding of what exactly a sleep consultant does, swaddling, sleep environments, and so much more. We also have a bonus episode exclusively available to members inside the Pregnancy Posse where Jen answers members' questions and visually demonstrates her famous swaddling technique. This entire podcast series and all our other podcast series, along with our exclusive member-only bonus podcast content, is all live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. So if you'd love to access all the bonus content and listen to or watch this entire podcast series right now, rather than waiting for future episodes to come out, then please do check out the Pregnancy Posse. When you join the Pregnancy Posse, I will guide you week by week through your pregnancy with safe weekly workouts tailored to your specific week of pregnancy. I'd love to help you have a healthy, active, pain-free pregnancy. So just head over to thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about. Now, let's get into episode two of our five-part newborn life series. Let's chat to the incredible Jen Butler about how we can all maintain some sanity in these often sleep-deprived stages of life. And can we talk a little bit now? So we've got a really good understanding of how you could settle your baby, but I know a lot of my posse members were writing in to ask about routines. So everyone, it's like the hot word at the moment. Everyone wants to know about routines. Everyone wants to make sure they're doing the right routine in you know quotation marks can you talk about what your take is on routines i know you you like to talk about another word called rhythm and Mm. and talk to us about what you think is appropriate for a newborn when it comes to routines and rhythms and things like that i'm very passionate about talking about this i had this new baby and i was desperately trying to get this this baby into a routine and it 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 was my issue being that i was like i mean before we have a baby we run things on our routine like on our say and so then I had this new little baby and and unfortunately you have to let go of that control and understand you have to sort of fit into their lives as well so to give you rhythm is definitely a word I love to use particularly in the newborn days because newborn sleep's very unpredictable no two days 
will look alike in the early days. Now, there comes a time when you can follow quite a regular routine sort of rhythm to your day where wait times are similar, sleep times are very similar, and, you know, you do get that structure. I would say that that really comes in the, after the first six months of life. I definitely have routines available on my website from three months, but I'm very careful to talk to families about that sleep's still unpredictable until their sleep cycles change and they spend more time in deep sleep than they do in light sleep, which happens somewhere around six months, give or take, depending on your baby. So rhythm is what I like to use in the newborn days. And what that is looking at is less about strict times for sleep, but learning to understand perhaps how long your baby needs to be awake for at any given time and getting a feel for their tired cues and actually really starting to hone in on what your individual baby needs from day to day. And, you know, rhythm, you can create rhythm in the form of the way, the time you start the day. So you can actually make that a consistent part of your day is, all right, like we could sleep until 10, but perhaps we're going to make an effort to wake up by eight o'clock every day. And in doing so, ultimately you are going to start to find a little bit of rhythm in your day because then, well, you know that your baby perhaps is only capable of staying awake for an hour. The younger the baby, the less awake time, just just so everyone understands that concept. But the younger the baby, they're not going to be able to stay awake for a long time. So obviously then if you're waking at a regular time each day, then you start to sort of find that rhythm by finding that when you wake up, well, I know that that sleep's going to be happening roughly an hour after they wake up. So that's the sort of rhythm you can start to introduce to your day without it being this super strict routine. Routine definitely comes, perhaps just not in those really early days. Yes, and I think that's good to differentiate that it will eventually be part of your life potentially, but it's maybe just a not now thing rather than a not ever. Exactly. Because I know a lot of adults thrive off routine, but um, what you were saying just then about just how can you implement rituals into your day? Mm. I actually think a lot of mums would thrive off then knowing, okay, we're going to get up at eight. We're going to go for a walk and get our coffee. And even if the rest of the day doesn't go to plan, nothing else happens that you had anticipated at least you know that there is a bit of a rhythm where you know you start your day the same way maybe you end your day the same way and I know as a mum I always tried to bookend my day with a rhythm or a ritual where we would have a coffee and a walk get some fresh air every morning and then we had like a a bath wind down sort of uh, rhythm at the end of the day and outside of that I felt like if nothing else happened (laughs) at least I had my morning and my nighttime rituals and that made me feel so much more happy and content even though the rest of the day could be a total shambles when it came to sleep and settling and and all of that so I really like the idea of rituals and rhythms and do you have any advice for a say a nighttime rhythm so I know a lot of people ask about bath and bed routines and all of that do you have any advice around that yes and like that's exactly right we're not always in control of what our babies and even toddlers as they get older are going to do throughout the day but there are parts that we can have control so as you said the rituals the rhythms that is a perfect way to just put that predictability and familiarity into your day kids love that babies toddlers and even adults most adults do thrive from routine so in terms of a lovely bedtime routine one thing is really good for parents to know is that often newborn babies are a bit jet lagged I call it so they don't actually want to settle down for the night fully fall asleep and have that sort of deep restful nighttime sleep 
Sometimes it's as late as sort of 12 o'clock at night. It does vary for different babies, but often you'll find that you're best doing your bedtime routine between like 9 and 10 p.m. in those early days. And as your baby starts to adjust to our circadian rhythm, where we're usually in bed by 10 or thereabouts, you know, earlier, I was going to say, bring it back, Jen, bring it back. (laughs) The idea of a really good bedtime routine is the hour before they're settling for their nighttime sleep is a great time to introduce. You sort of like you don't have to bath every day. You could alternate, especially a newborn baby doesn't need to be bathed every day. They're not getting really dirty. If they love it, though, it's a beautiful way to wind down. So you could do a bath. You could do a massage in lieu of a bath if you didn't want to. And then it can just be, you know, a quiet cuddle, a breastfeed or a bottle feed, and then into the room and into bed. And as they get older, you can do other things like it's never too early to start reading to a baby, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, introducing books, introducing lullabies, anything like that. You can create your own ritual to what suits your household. It could be aromatherapy. It could be, you know, whatever lovely way you and little ritual you want to create to help wind down your baby. Whatever you do, keep it consistent because... They are smart, smart little creatures. And they know that when mum does this or dad does this, then we do this. Like it's incredible what they learn so early on. I think that's a really great point on consistency, both consistency and do what feels right for you. That's a big Mm. message I give to my pregnancy posse members as well. But there is no perfect way. There is no perfect bedtime routine. There is no perfect nighttime routine. But Pick something that feels good to you and, yeah, try and keep some consistency with it because that is a really good cue for your baby then to know that sleep time is coming. And my son has surprised me on so many occasions. He's older now. He's two and a half. But he'll – let's say we're getting him dressed after the bath and then I might go, okay, let's go read a book. And he'll go, no, mummy, brush your teeth. Yes. Wow. Yeah. He's so clued on to our normal routine that – if we sway from that routine now, he tells me. He really Absolutely. does tell me. Yeah. It's it, a really good example, I think, of them, yeah, really starting to get to know those routines. And I think this is a really good segue into, I wanted to talk about sleep cues. Yeah. And I think that's a really good way to talk about sleep cues because your baby then knows what's coming and that it's time for bed and they're winding down. But um, have you got any particular advice on sleep cues is it even relevant for newborn phase or is that something that you introduce a bit later on again there is never it's never too early to introduce these routines and rituals and because the more consistent you are the more they just become ingrained and what you do i would say like for us particularly from three to four months of age i can tell you we have followed the same wind down routine since the boys were that age To the point, it's so bloody cute talking about consistency, but I see Ted, my youngest is three, my eldest is five, and Ted, like, will grab, I've got little baby Nat here who's the doll I use to sort of demonstrate things, and sometimes the boys will play with her, and Ted will go into the room and he'll put, he'll throw, he'll throw Nat into the cot. (laughs) Doesn't get placed nicely. Throw it into the cot. He turns the white noise on. He sings Twinkle, Twinkle, and then he turns out the light and leaves the room because that is what we have done since he was a wee little baby and so like I would say that was definitely something we did from three months um three to four months from memory but whether I can't remember if we did that from a newborn age but there is no harm in doing that from like if that is the rhythm that you can create in your day 
then that is beautiful. Sleep times will vary, but that is the consistency that you can bring in to your day every day. Yeah, and look, we're going to touch a little bit later on about the sleep environment and white noise that you mentioned before. So we'll leave that for a little bit later. But yeah, I think there's something really nice about setting the same consistent pattern up so that your baby knows what to expect. They know that they're not all of a sudden going to be surprised that they're going to bed. Exactly. That's coming. Yes. No, I think that's really great advice, Jen. Thank you for that. Now, tired signs. So I like how you mentioned that rigid routines, your baby sleeps here and your baby sleeps there and they'll sleep for this long. It doesn't really work for, it's never worked for me anyway, but it doesn't really work for the newborn phase. But you mentioned awake windows and you mentioned tired signs because obviously every baby is different. So what sort of signs should we be looking out for to know that your baby is starting to get ready for bed? Great question. And like at the end of the day, every baby, like some babies are so clear in their cueing for sleep. Others are sneaky. Ted was my, my sneaky one. <laughs> oh, he wouldn't show tired signs unless I actually took him to start winding down. So be wary of the sneaky baby. <laughs> Whereas Max was so obvious. So, like, it's really good to start with that because that's why I'm also a big fan of making sure you're aware of how long your baby should be awake for at a time because if you've got a sneaky baby, then they can get terribly overtired if you're waiting for these cues and they're never coming when actually Mm. you probably just perhaps needed to act a little bit earlier. But you can sort of divide tired cues into primary and secondary. Some of your primary tired cues is where your baby's starting to sort of, um, you know, get a bit grisly, maybe get a bit jerky. They might start to get a bit red around the eyebrows. They might start, like if you're playing with them and looking at them, they're sort of looking away because in their world, maintaining eye contact with you is hard yakka. Like it is hard work to keep that concentration. And then your later tired cues are things like crying. It can be things like pulling at their ears or rubbing their eyes as they start to get older. Their movement turns from sort of uncoordinated to quite jerky, like really sort of, I mean, babies are jerky anyway, but they really sort of clear in that jerkiness. So like for a young baby, these are the sorts of things that you do want to start to take notice of. And you know what? Be kind to yourself because noticing this stuff takes practice. And it's not something that you're just instantly going to be like, oh, I see that. Some people might. But mostly you've got to get like the best thing I'll say to you is watch your baby after a good sleep and observe their behavior. And then when you know that they're tired, observe their behavior and start to notice the differences because you will notice your happy, well-rested baby versus your, oh, I can see that my baby's starting to get jerky. I, I know what Jen's talking about there. Like, and, oh, they're looking away from me instead of looking, you know, all these sorts of things. Mm. Um, but it's just good to be aware no, of an overarching one. Yes. And like you said, don't be hard on yourself because you have never met this person before. Exactly. So you need to get to know your baby. And it's not this, I don't think anyway, it's this innate thing where you just know them from the get-go. It takes time to get to know them and to understand their cues. And I think what's great about what you just told us is these are things to look out for. So at least people know what to start looking for and yes. know that, oh, okay, that might be something to look into. Do they do that every time? And um, that that's something that you look out for. And I've noticed with Pia recently, she's a bit older now, she's nine months, but she she does get very jerky and mm. it, it, it kind of looks like she's excited. She'll start like getting very flappy. And I really recognize now that that for her is a tired sign and that's 
often around the awake window that she should be having for this age anyway. But that's really interesting that I've noticed that recently from her mm. because it comes across like she's got all this energy and yes. that she's happy and excitable and you think, oh, she doesn't actually look tired because as adults when we're tired we get drowsy, we get slower, um, we don't get flappy and excited until we're overtired. And I think um, I, I know you probably agree with this as well, but when a baby is overtired – that's much harder to settle them down, correct? So we're trying to sort of catch them before they get to that super overtired stage um, because otherwise it's much harder for their brain to calm down. Is that is that correct? Definitely. An overtired baby is very much best to avoid because yes. that's also like if you are worried about why your baby's crying so hard, one of the biggest reasons for, you know, the witching hour that they talk about and things too is usually mm-hmm. it's an overstimulated, overtired baby, which it doesn't mean that you've necessarily allowed that. It's also just that the world's really full on in the early months, and you could have a you could have hit, you know, saying inverted commas all their sleep and had their sleep needs, and they can still have their witching hour because the new world is just super stimulating. But if you've got a baby and you know everything else is okay, they're fed, they're changed, they're all of this then I would be looking at trying to settle them because usually it's perhaps they've gotten overstimulated, overtired, and that's what sent them wild. Yes, yeah. I think witching hour (laughs) is a hectic time of day and hot tip for any new mums. I did not cook dinner at dinner time for at least the first six months because that is guaranteed the time when baby wants to be held and cuddled and needs you the most. And I found myself a couple of times at 4.35 o'clock cooking dinner and being like, what am I doing? I can't chop carrots with her and the ergo screaming at me. And so I transitioned to cooking dinner at lunchtime or just having prepared in advance so that dinner was easier. So that's definitely a personal tip for women. Definitely. Dinner time can be hard, especially when you have other kids, I think, as well, because they're often getting tired by that time of the night as well. And you'll have a toddler at your feet screaming and you'll have a baby on your chest screaming and you're like, take away it is. <laughs> exactly. That's right. And that's exa- if you can prepare and know that this stuff's coming, then you start to just like it is what it is and it will happen. So what can I do to make my life easier? <laughs> Yes. I'm all about that. Controlling what you can control because there are things outside of your control and you can't necessarily control that your baby won't be upset at 5pm, but you can have dinner ready earlier. Hey mamas, Laura here. I really hoped you loved this episode as much as I did. I think it's so wonderful to listen to this information when you're pregnant so that you have the confidence and the education to walk into the newborn period, knowing what to expect and how to help support your baby best. I remember a friend telling me that her baby started sleeping through the night from 10 weeks old and boy, can you imagine my disappointment when I hit the 10 week mark and we were far from that milestone. So I think it's great to arm yourself with realistic expectations and great management strategies to surrender to and enjoy this newborn period better. If you'd like to learn more from Jen, you can find her on Instagram at Jen Butler Early Parenting and she also has a wonderful podcast that you can check out too. In the next few episodes of this newborn life series, we will be chatting with Jen about sleep training culture, ways to include partners and siblings in caring for your newborn and sleep environments. If you haven't already, just subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so that you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes in this wonderful newborn life series. 
If you love today's episode and you want to devour the next few episodes in this newborn life series, you can find this entire series along with all our other podcast series live right now inside the Pregnancy Bossy membership. For most series of the podcast, we also record exclusive bonus content for Pregnancy Posse members. And in the bonus content for this newborn life series, Jen answers the members' questions and visually demonstrates her famous swaddling technique. Inside the Pregnancy Posse, you'll also find weekly guided pregnancy workouts, an extensive resources library on birth preparation, pelvic floor exercises, and managing pelvic pain plus a wonderful community forum and weekly Q&A sessions with myself. Now, I'd love to help you have a wonderful pregnancy, a great birth and postnatal journey. So please just visit thepregnancyposse.com to see what The Pregnancy Posse is all about. I will catch you soon for episode three in this five-part newborn life series where we'll be talking about when your baby decides that sleep is for the week. (laughs) Until then, sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy this incredible journey that is pregnancy.